Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. The Old Testament reading for the sixth Sunday after Trinity is from Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, 
and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser, while you are going with him to court lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. When was the last time that you were angry? Or should I say, irked, maybe. As many of you know, it probably wasn't all that long ago for me. Flying is fun sometimes. But what about for you? Can you think of it? The last time that you got angry at someone? Our gospel reading is a hard reading for us, isn't it? So often we tend to think of Jesus as the bringer of the gospel. The one who saves us all through his own sacrifice, and that is most certainly true. However, he is also the bringer of the law. And it's not the nice, easy law that he gave us back in our Old Testament reading for today either. You heard me right. The Old Testament law was easy compared to the law that Jesus gives us. It's not just that you can't straight up murder someone. You're not even supposed to get angry at someone. And it's not just that you can't commit adultery. You can't even look at someone with lust in your mind. The section that we're seeing is only a short amount of the section that we have in the Bible. And this is where Jesus lays down pretty much everything. Divorce, swearing oaths, retaliation, even going so far as to say that we need to love our enemies. This might drive one to ask the question, then what can I do? What hope is there if Jesus truly expects me to follow all of these laws? Well, Let's see if we can't figure that out as we begin to hear our gospel reading again. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Well, that's not really too helpful with the whole hope thing, is it? Now, not only can we not be angry, we also can't insult. We can't even call out somebody's foolishness. If we do, we're going to be liable to judgment, the council, 
and even to hell itself. It's almost as if no matter what we do, we're going to end up being guilty of something. And of course, that's the truth of it. The truth is that our sinful nature has so corrupted us that even our good deeds are nothing more than filthy rags before the Most Holy One. Even when we are trying to do the right thing, we're still going to mess it up and still going to sin. We need to know that, which is part of what Jesus is trying to accomplish by giving us this law. However, the sharp-eared among you will probably notice that I skipped the very first verse of our reading for today. Listen to that verse one more time. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. At first glance, that might just seem like more law to you. You just heard about how no matter what we do, we're still going to muck it up somehow. So how could we possibly exceed the righteousness of those highfalutin Pharisees and scribes who seem to know every single dot of the law and certainly look like they're following it? And we can't. However, there is someone who can. Someone who not only could exceed the righteousness of those Pharisees and scribes, but who actually did. Someone who didn't come to abolish the law, but instead came to fulfill it. Someone who chose to then share that righteousness that he had earned through his actions with us. That person is, of course, Jesus. When you were baptized, you had put onto you the robes of Christ's righteousness. The very same righteousness that he has is now yours. And the righteousness of Christ most certainly exceeds the righteousness of those hypocritical leaders of Jesus' time. Therefore, according to the promise of Jesus, you will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not because of your own righteousness, because we don't have any of our own, but because of Christ's righteousness, which has been shared with you. So what now, then? Should we just give up trying to follow the law since we can't do it anyways? As Paul said in our epistle reading for today, by no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? We know that we can't defeat the sin in us by ourselves. And we know that while we're still on this side of heaven, we're still going to sin. However, you are not by yourself in this struggle. And it is most certainly possible 
to stop yourself from sinning sometimes. It is possible for the child to obey the parent, for the parent to choose to not get angry with their child, for the neighbor to not gossip about what they heard, for the family to come to church, for the government to choose justice and life over tyranny and death. All of these things are possible. All of them. Just because we have been weakened by the sin that is in us doesn't mean that we should give up the struggle against the sins in our life. With the power of the creator of the universe, the redeemer of all mankind, and the comforter on your side, you can, in fact, make the right choice. You have been freed by your God to do this. And part of what Jesus is telling you here is what the right choice would be. The right choice is not getting angry with your brother but being patient with him. The right choice is not insulting him, but using your words to build him up. The right choice is not to call someone a fool, but to try and gently teach them. Here, Jesus is trying to guide us to the way of righteousness by telling us what not to do. And he's not quite done with that yet. Listen, therefore, to the last part of our gospel reading for today. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Here, Jesus sets before us two situations that are actually fairly similar to each other. In the first one, he's dealing with the spiritual side of the issue. This gift that is being offered is almost certainly the gift that is being offered as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. Which means that in today's terms, Jesus is telling us to first seek reconciliation with whoever you sinned against before seeking forgiveness from God. In the second situation, Jesus deals with the secular side of the issue, but has the same basic point. Seek reconciliation with your accuser before it's too late. These are both fairly typical issues in many ways and are both clear. But that doesn't mean that what Jesus is asking you to do here is easy. It is not easy to stand before someone you have wronged and ask for forgiveness. Neither is it easy to have someone who has wronged you stand before you and ask for forgiveness. However, thanks to Jesus and his work inside of you, it is possible. Make no mistake, though. If you don't receive the righteousness that Christ is offering you, 
then you have no hope. There is not a single person among us who has not broken some aspect of the law, even just the law that Jesus spoke to us today. We've all gotten angry when we shouldn't have. We've all said things that we shouldn't have. We've all sinned and fallen short of the law of the Lord. But Jesus didn't. Jesus fulfilled every single law. He passed every single test. He endured every single trial. Jesus earned the righteousness that exceeded the Pharisees and the scribes, and he did it for you, so that he could share his righteousness with you and with the rest of the world. You are free to rest in that righteousness, to rely on that righteousness to give you the power to make the right choice, and free to rest secure knowing that when we fail, you are forgiven, to rest in that very same righteousness that we will all rest in for all of eternity in the kingdom of heaven. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.